I'm Athena Silver. I'm Anya River. And we are the Rebel Crow. Athena is a professional psychic medium and tarot reader, among other things. Anya is a tarot reader and an astrologer, among other things. We are so excited to invite you to check out our weekly podcast, where we have fun talking about magic, tarot, mythology, astrology, and everything witchy. Find us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms at the Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Um, we put out a podcast episode weekly. Um, you can find more information at rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. Hi, everyone. We're the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Hi, guys. I'm on your river. Tonight, we are talking about controversy. We are talking about people who are in the psychic and spiritual industry who have not been so on the up and up. You know, we're going to just tell you about it and you guys decide for yourself, you know, are they, are they good people that are just trying to do work or are they people that are just out for the money? So are you excited, Anya? I am so excited. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. So we're talking about tonight ethics, controversy. You know, ethics in any spiritual business is a must. Spiritual professionals deal with some of the deepest vulnerabilities that humans experience. Unfortunately, there are some practitioners out there who clearly cross the line and take advantage. And we are going to explore them in this video. Definitely. You know, uh, um, I have to start out talking about my girl. Now, when we talk about people that were in it for the money, this woman is queen supreme. Um, we grew up in the 90s, you know, all us 90s kids, you know, especially us late night 90s kids, you know, remember hearing call now, you know, <laughs> and the 1-900 numbers and the Psychic Friends Network with Miss Cleo and her fake uh, accent. <laughs> Miss Cleo, I remember Miss Cleo. <laughs> I have such fond memories of those um, commercials. Like my sister and I used to find them hilarious because we're like, this is like, whose girl is this? Like letting her out here acting crazy on the phone. Um, (laughs) Do you know anything about those 1-900 numbers? Because I know I found out a lot of crazy shit about it, like in the years after. You know, I remember being a little kid and wanting to call so bad. And I I feel like either I did (laughs) call or, you know, like probably about some stupid 11 year old boy, you know, like I was was that age group, you know, like, is he going to be the one I'm going to (laughs) marry? And she's like, don't worry, girl, I got you. This is a boy in your dreams. (laughs) But it was like the first like two minutes is free. And then it was like $10 for every minute after that. There were people that were going into serious debt, talking to the psychic friends, you know, or the psychic uh, readers network, whatever the hell they called themselves. Yeah. And, you know, there was, there was like little old ladies and stuff that, that started to owe like hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars that they couldn't pay. 
um, she wound up having a lawsuit go against her. And the judgment was that they had to get, they had to like uh, release like $500 million worth of customer fees. They had to like, you know, give back. And um, yeah. And there was like some regulation and stuff that happened. There was like laws made against, you know, psychic reading and, and, you know, quote unquote, fortune telling, you know, and um, that, that came after that lawsuit. It was a big deal. Well, what was it specifically? Well, I mean, she was, she had, like, re- like there were people that would call into the number and the, the, re- the readers on the other end, would, the whole goal was to keep these people on the phone. So they would yeah. start talking to them about all these magic curses they had against them. Oh, yeah. All this curses. witchcraft and they need to do this mm-hmm. and have that done. And, you know, oh, you know, let me tell you about another thing I saw and go into like a 45 minute, you know, on you know, dialogue into what they yeah. see, you know, like some unverifiable stuff that, yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Like, it like that would be, that would be easy if, you know, if you have somebody who's on the line, who's already in a vulnerable space, you know, it's, it's like the, the number one thing I feel like is when, when, practitioners are coming at you with this idea that you've got a curse on you (laughs) You well that that gets used a lot um in certain online um like forums Uh, I've even had it where there's random people who contacted me telling me oh dr so-and-so made you know made all my dreams come true there here's their number you they could do it for you and I'm like yeah right you know like uh, Facebook is, is is crazy for that. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen, you know, or had like DMs and stuff with this. I had a couple of those that were just like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, like one, for instance, I think I got like a couple years ago, somebody sending me, it's like, clearly they're not even looking at you because like yeah. you get some, like I've gotten some for like, oh, I can, you know, enhance the length of your, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you see, I'm a woman, right? (laughs) (laughs) I've got no, I'm not in the market. (laughs) Thanks. But no, thanks. (laughs) You know, and and no judgment on anybody who needs that. That's it happens, you know? Yeah. But it's just highly unlikely that it's going to work from a DM, you know, somebody DMing you in your inbox, like, like not even, realizing that you know there's like not even something yeah. that I'm worried about <laughs> you know? no I feel you but there's also an entire like the the 1-900 industry was really big up into that lawsuit and it yeah. kind of went away for a while but it's been reborn in the 2000s with the age of the internet they have different services now I'm not going to name any but I'm sure you guys know that beautiful golden state and all their beautiful Mm -hmm. psychics. And um, one day I'm going to own a yoga studio. You know, the commercial. Um, (laughs) And it's funny because I've actually been solicited to come on board for some of these companies. They've reached out and they'll send those DMS unsolicited asking, you know, Oh, you're a reader. Well, read for us 
they there has been stories in the community that uh, some of these big companies don't actually pay the readers that they wind really? up scamming the readers out of money that they don't pay them the, the money that they quote unquote make through this like third party service. That's so crazy. It is, but they have they've really taken the spot for those one hundred numbers, and there it's become like a billion dollar industry over the past 10 years, 20 yeah. years, really insane. I mean, that's why you gotta just, be so careful. You've got to be just, really careful. Yeah. Where, you, where you get your information. Like, especially, you know, like we, uh, people go for readings for entertainment and people go for readings for, for, you know, real serious things, you know, yeah. like serious life issues. And it, it, it's just it it's, so, it's so disheartening that there are people, you know, it's in every industry, but it's so disheartening that people would put something together to to take away from a person's like life force, you know, when they're at when yeah. they're at that moment where they really need help, you know. Um, it's bad there's a, they what, prey on a lot of people who are in vulnerable situations like poverty. You know, oh, well, if you yeah. give me, you know, $100, I will solve your poverty issue when it is a lot more complex than that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to give two tips. Just these are my tips for anybody who is looking for a reader online. A, make sure they have a personal website, something that you can see their portfolio. You can see some testimonials and some reviews. You can see that they're active in the spiritual community like work in different, you know, they've been published in different publications, or they work a bunch of psychic fairs in, in the particular area, or they have other people that they work with that you can kind of vouch, you know, for them and, and, and like their craft. But the second one would be make sure you go and look on Google for reviews, you know, instead of going through a third party company, go and look for those psychics directly. This way you can actually vet them better yourself instead of mm -hmm. trusting somebody else to vet them. Yeah, right. It makes a big difference. Right. It helps. And I have to say, like, um, I'm a very part-time reader. I don't even have a website. But, like, I totally get you what you're saying, you know, especially yeah. if you're going to pay a lot of money. Yeah. Because, um, you know, and it's not, that won't completely protect you. But I do think that you're right in that you know, you want, you want to find, you don't want to just click on somebody who has, who sent you a DM, you know, and like, I'll say like that, go and find like, what's their body of work, you know? Yeah. And I'll say always, when you find their website, always read their about me, their about yeah. me section, because it will tell you a lot that's that it, it can say a lot or it can, or it can show you a lot by what it mm -hmm. doesn't say. You know, yeah. and that's like, I even use that for myself because you know what? I, I'm a reader, but I like to get read from other people because, you know, oh, as a psyche, you can only see so much of your own life. So I need to outsource if I had somebody else who doesn't know me, who doesn't know my, my situation, who doesn't know my profession, you know, somebody who could just clean slate can tell me. And a lot of times I go and look at their about me's and, and they'll, they'll be keywords that turn me on or turn me off. You know, mm -hmm. I might see something and go, okay, I, I know what that means. Or, ooh, not my kind of people, you know. Yeah, But right. it's a better way to get to know them, like, 
personal, you know, and it's, it's better that way with these third party companies, they may say, Oh, we vetted. They're the best psychics in the damn world, but that's just marketing, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Clickbaity marketing tactics, you know, and that's why it's better for you to go in and do your own research and really figure out, you know, and use your gut. If, if your gut's saying there's something funny about this website and this person and what they're saying, it just, it's not for me. Then, you know, that's not the person for you. You know, if you look at them, you look at a photo of them, you read about them, you see that they are, they're active in the community and that they're, you know, that they're, they're, they have good reviews and they, just everything is saying, okay, yes, yes, yes then contact that person because it's probably there's a reason why you're going to them anyway, you know, and you want to make sure that you're comfortable and you could trust them. Yeah. Right. 1-900 numbers really did a number on the industry when it comes to how people view it. It did a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that saw about this lawsuit and got real turned off by it and was like, I don't do this, you know? And that's sad. It's sad. It, it brings out it brings up a lot of hesitancy, and um, even sometimes like people who who I've seen people go to a psychic or a reader and be like, "You must be a scam," you know, yeah. like like you you're coming, but you're like you're. Or you're I don't really believe in assuming. this, and it's like, the, why <laughs> are you calling me? You know, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely, where did that come from, though? That comes from the people who are taking advantage in the first place. So, yeah. and, you know, it's clearly an issue. So it's not like people don't have a right to, you know, be very, very, very cautious and wary and, you know, have these feelings. But you but had I brought would, up what I would say to that as a reader, um, if you're really, truly skeptical, give yourself some time until you contact a a reader because it's on the flip side of that to have someone say, well, I heard psychics are scammers and I don't trust any of them uh, receiving that. You're like, well, what are you doing then? You know, like if you don't believe in what, what I have to say, you're literally wasting my time and your money, you know, because I would rather you come to me, when you're ready to really do some self-development work or get your entertainment or whatever your reason is, except for let me try to trip this person up because it's just a game you're playing at that point. It's, it's, yeah. You know? So it goes both ways guys. Yes. (laughs) I want to work with people who want to work with me. You know, let's all, let's all come to the table with clean intentions. We'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. So you had, you had brought up some marketing um, and the, the organization and the person that I wanted to talk about is, was one of the first multi-level marketers. Do you think pyramid I can bring scheme. mine up? That's what that is. <laughs> a pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> So I wanted to talk about the founder of Nexium, and if anybody out there still doesn't know about Nexium, please go check it out. It's like fascinating. It's like so there's so much out there. There were two documentaries. Um, yeah, those and, were hard to watch. You know, <laughs> they were hard to of, watch. I've seen was, both I of feel, them. 
I feel really bad because it was sort of a guilty pleasure for me. Like, like I was just like, I couldn't wait until the next one came on. And, you know, and I don't know why it fascinated me so much. But I think it's because um, the people who were like the whistleblowers, like I had followed them before. And um, I forget, I forget one of his name, uh, the guy's name, but he did what the bleep do we know? And I was like, oh, shit, I would have definitely fallen for this like 10 years ago. (laughs) When I watched it, I felt the complete opposite. I was like, oh, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Oh, that's a hell no. And a huge red flag. (laughs) The life experience now, but I would say 10 years ago, I definitely would have been in Nexium, you know, so I'm watching it with like, I was like 10 years ago, me, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm naturally naturally suspicious of when people are yeah. trying to sell me stuff. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's probably yeah. what it is. But like, I can see how people can't get wrapped up in it. I do understand well, that. Like, it's especially if you don't know yourself that well. You know, you know it's so. incremental. So you're walking in the door. Like, you got to think about this. Like, it started off as an executive success program, a self help program, where you're coming in and you're just doing techniques to you know, open yourself up and, and, you know, get yourself ready for the next level of your business or the next level of your personal life. You know, you don't walk in going, Oh, by the way, you're going to be a a slave in a, in a sex cult, you know, like, like nobody goes (laughs) in with, with that being told to them, you know, you're right. Those two things are not typically connected. No. And you see like the way that they structured this is that you're coming, you know, you're coming in, you're seeing like a, a lot of other people who are in high positions, you know, they got celebrities, they got, you know, all these people who have like a lot, you know, like they're, they're doing things in life, they're moving, you know, they're shaking, they're, they're growing they're you know, and, and you're, you're there and you, and, you know, what's what's the first thing that happens right they're like okay well let's just talk about some of the things that are holding you back you know and then it just gets more and more and more and more and then you're at the point where like you're you're being asked like by the heads of this organization to do this like super secret thing and you're already in so deep and you know all of these things that are happening like people asking you to push yourself a little harder you don't even realize now, now you, you're, you're sleep deprived and you're, you know, you're, and it's a Manson family situation. <laughs> you, know? you know, you, you, this is a huge red flag too. If somebody, if you're in a group or something and somebody, somebody is trying to tell you that your family who is concerned are suppressive, you know, or, and, and they use that word in this group, like they borrow yeah. that from another, from another place. Yeah, although that other place I find fascinating. Yeah, Um, we're not going to bring them up because I don't want to stir the fury of hell coming from those litigious people. No, 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 no. (laughs) But, um, but cutting, having people voluntarily cut off, you know, and I experienced this in in a relationship, you know, where we're like when you get to the point where somebody is trying to get you to voluntarily cut off your outside world, your family and make this your only thing, you know, because somebody is suppressive, you know, because they're bringing up concerns. 
that's huge, you know, but that's the problem is that a lot of these people are already so deep in, you know, and it's interesting that Keith Raniere had started this MLM affiliate program thing beforehand. And then all of a sudden that goes bust. It's, you know, it's in court, it's being litigated. It, you know, has these judgments against it. And then all of a sudden, five years later, he's this spiritual guru again with another MLM, you know? So like, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Like, I love those, I love those documentaries. And I, I found myself like after the fact, I don't know if this is true for you too. After the fact, like I'm like looking at every YouTube video, like I'm looking at every article. (laughs) Like I want to know everything about it. I had a weird experience with that, that that particular cult. Um, I think I told you about this. Um, Somebody had approached me about joining something similar to that. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was at a psychic fair around a bunch of spiritual people, you know, networking with the community and whatnot, you know. And they were telling me, oh, you know, it could help you with your business and get you to the next level and all that. And I was just like, mm. that was it. That was next to him. It might it have been was. the exact well, I found that out one. after the fact. I didn't know what yeah. it was when she was trying to hawk it to me, you know? And so, like, when that, when that came, when that, oh, the first documentary came out, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I can't believe I was like solicited to go to a cult. You know, <laughs> I mean, again, you know, the, when people are trying to tell me, oh, you could up your game. And it's like, how do you know how to up my game? It's my game, you know. That's Just one of the best flags. Things. That's one of the best things that you have going for you, though, your bullshit meter. And also the fact that you're like just very bone wolf in that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'll do it myself. particular. <laughs> You're all about I'll do it myself, you know. Yeah, no, well, and you will, and like, you do. Because I feel like nothing is worth building unless you're building it with your own hands, you know. And yeah. I feel like, especially in life, like this really happened when I turned thirty. When I turned thirty, I decided on my birthday that I was going to stop doing things that don't make me happy anymore. And because I lived a long life doing stuff and living for, you know, a standard of what somebody else had for my life. And it never made me happy. And so when I turned 30, I was like, you know what? Screw everybody else. I'm being me. And if you don't like it, you can move, you know, (laughs) and I I stay whole true to that. If you don't like it, there's a door. And so, you know, it kind of saves me in that respect, but it also, you know, I, I want to live for the experience of this life on my own terms. Like, I don't want to be told what to believe, what to do, what to eat, how to express myself, what to wear. I want to do that all for me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a last lifetime side effect, you know? It's my last lifetime. I am living this thing to the wheel fall off on my terms. It's a, a me style. It's a rebel thing too. So yeah. don't think that you're alone on that. <laughs> you know? Maybe not. But I really, I can say I haven't really met anybody who lives similarly to me. Not yet, at least. Hopefully so somebody's out us? there. <laughs> uh, so I want to take it old school now. 
I want to talk about Harry Houdini. We're, we're going to start off with him. He's not, okay. the, he's not the scammer or the controversial person we're talking about. It's the activities that he chose to do when he was not performing on stage, which was trying to, well, disguising himself and going into sit and seances to try to expose fake, you know, psychics and spiritualists at the time. Now, this was in really, like, yes, yeah, it's in the early 20th century. He would put on disguises like fake mustache and everything and go mm-hmm. sit. And because he was a, mag- a magician and used to engineer his own elaborate tricks, he would try to like use the knowledge that he had to try to like reverse engineer what these people were doing, you know, and expose them the- while they're doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like- he had like police officers there, newspaper <laughs> journalists there, you know, they're like basically put on the light switch. <laughs> Surprise! You're fake. This is, this is like the ultimate heckler. Oh, for real. <laughs> like he was trolling people before it was even a thing. You know, this is the original troll under the bridge. Hey, at least he's getting proof though. Like, well, <laughs> yes and no, because he was, didn't have 100% accuracy. There were a very select few handful of psychics that he was like, I don't know how they're doing this. Okay. But that wasn't enough to make him a believer. His, yeah. his uh, you know, forays into screwing with spiritualist psychics cost him his friendship with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of the Sherlock Holmes series. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were homies back in the day. Until, you know, um, Houdini was trying to say, like, this one spiritualist was fake or whatever, which was somebody that, you know, uh, Sir Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle talked to or worked with or whatever. And um, because he was like a devout spiritualist, you know, like he didn't even just go sit in seances and sit with psychics. Like he practiced himself, you know? So Mm -hmm. people don't realize though, like spiritualism in some respects is its own religion you know so it, it, if you have any time and you like history and you like spiritual you know spiritual topics read about spiritualism it's really interesting you know especially spiritualism in the early 20th century um but yeah he was out there playing wild west trying to throw tablecloths up and say look at the table <laughs> they're She's kneeing the table. Somebody, there's an extra person chilling under the table, <laughs> touching everybody. You know. Like, oh my god. Like, but yeah. I would like to. I would really like to read about the ones that were exposed and like he could prove that they were fake. Like that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was able to find one person's name, and apparently, like this was a big deal. Uh, her okay. name was Mina Crandon, but she went by the psychic name of Marjorie. Um, Just I'm not really sure how how it all went down, but what from what I could find, um, she was very like famous at the time, and mm-hmm. she used to do a lot of private readings, at like house readings at the time. Like people would have parties in their living, you know, their parlors or whatever, and they would set it up and have a psychic come in and set the seance and everything like that. Then there was also other psychics that had seance rooms that people would come to, like for dinner mm-hmm. party style. It was all like this, you know, um, 
like dinner jacket, smoking room kind of ambiance that they had going, you know. These were the same oh my people God, that were chilling, amazing. unwrapping mummies in, in their living rooms too. Not too far off, you know. It sounds- it was, listen, it was a wild time. <laughs> But like, like, is it bad that I want to be there? <laughs> Maybe. But my thing is, is, I'm sorry. How am I supposed to trust a dude who has like 15 chains and locks and jumps in a, a shark tank and like comes out magically okay? That's suspicious yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, like, I can't even rectify in my mind, like, what would make him want to expose people if he it was a magician hobby. himself. You know, like, like it, it sort of has this, this feeling of like, I mean, obviously people did know that he was not, you know, that it was like, it was a skill, like doing, performing magic, like stage magic is not magic. It's all trickery no. and people yeah. know that. Right. And people knew that then. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure people knew that. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I, think I just don't see what. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Um, Because then, you know, there could be, like, motives there of him trying to make other people look bad so that to he make him look better. Himself. Some shit. You, you know? know, that's a theory. It's a very <laughs> the uneducated thing, the, theory of mine. The thing I that I find crazy <laughs> is that this is what this dude was doing on the weekend. Like, this is his hobby. Yeah. That's you know? what I mean. Like, like who does this? <laughs> you know, like, dude, go to book club, knit a sweater, chill. So, <laughs> any of the ones that he couldn't expose? Because that would be interesting. Uh, he I failed? couldn't find any, any names when I was doing research, but um, I think you would have to talk to, like, a historian or a Houdini historian. Yeah, um, that'd be interesting to know. Like you'd have to like really I want to know, <laughs> and I want. I also want to know if there were any feuds because of this. Oh <laughs> Obviously yeah, back then Apparently it was letters. People, you know? There was some hating in the magician community at the time. There were people who did not get down with Houdini. Apparently, he was like a raging narcissist, an egomaniac. Which it sounds I'm like sorry, it. if you expose psychics on the weekend for fun, you have to be a raging <laughs> narcissist. You know. Like, who does that? Go back to your family. You know? <laughs> Take a baking class. Drink some wine. Chill. <laughs> yeah, <right. You> know? <laughs> or just learn some new tricks. I mean, come on. You know? Right? Like, yeah. who knows? People like, that, that intensely... They didn't have TV. They yeah. didn't have TV. That's what All they is, had was know? the radio. <laughs> yep. Just bold. Totally boredom. So did you have any others for us? I have, I have an instance of when a psychic was conned out of his fortune and his own name. Oh, really? Whoa. Yeah. I am talking about the fabulous Walter Mercado. Mucho, mucho amor. <laughs> I love that dude. You don't even understand. Like, I know. was such a fixture in my childhood. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding, you know? And, you know, like, our great grandmother used to tape the astrology, you know, forecasts, uh, the horoscopes on, you know, that he used to do on the news. And sometimes yeah. she'd tape his show and like, oh, you're a Capricorn. You, oh, let me put the tape where I put the tape. Let me put it in. You got to see, <laughs> you know, oh I can't God. tell you how many times I have heard Capricornio, you are going to have a beautiful week. 
And oh my I god. You know what? He never had anything negative to say. It was always uplifting. He could spin like a, a darker situation into something happy. You know, like he was just very ethereal. Uplifting. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's funny because when they did his documentary is when all of this stuff came out. As mm-hmm. a viewer and a little kid back then, it was like one day he just disappeared and nobody knew what happened to him. It was like he was on, he was everywhere. He was like huge in, in South America and Mexico and the Caribbean. You know, he was huge on every single Spanish speaking channel. Like this dude was syndicated everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, he and his show was on for like 50 years or something crazy like that. But when, wow. when they did the documentary, it exposed what actually happened to him. And I found myself at the end sobbing like a damn baby, like, oh, 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 rest in peace, baby. You know, (laughs) sitting in my bed by myself. (laughs) But it was, what happened with the scam is early on when he started getting big, um, he he started out with a show, then it, it, then he started getting on uh, news networks and stuff, doing a, a horoscope, like a uh, like corner, you know, kind of segment. Mm. And that started getting syndicated everywhere. He got this manager who was a younger guy who was, who was, this was like the come up of like the early 2000s when this happened, like late 90s, early 2000s with the internet. Mm-hmm. And this guy, this guy who became his manager was, you know, like internet, you know, um, like tech literate. And yeah. was good with marketing and spin and promotion and stuff like that. So he started promoting him all over the place, signing deals, getting him syndicated everywhere, you know, like really taking his, like what he, what Walter was doing and blew it up and made it international. Mm-hmm. But at some point, this guy came and had Walter sign papers that were like power of attorney, essentially um, giving this guy um, like, rule and reign over Walter's name, his likeness, his, his money, um, all the royalty that was coming in. Walter was like destitute. He had like no money and was living in this little house of Puerto Rico that he had paid off that he had bought early on, you know, stuff with uh, his house looks like Liberace. Like, yeah, it was gorgeous. But (laughs) Underneath all of that beautiful glamour and glitz, like it was a man that was hurting. He couldn't even use his own name. Like yeah. signing Walter Mercado would get him sued, you know, for for using, you know, somebody else's likeness. You know, like he couldn't have his own show even if he wanted to. He would have to call it something completely different by somebody else, you know. Yeah, he wound so up, sad. He wound up taking this guy to court. And they ruled in his favor and he got his name back. That's great. But, but by that time, he was too old to, to, to have another show. But he wound up winning his name back, you know. And at the end of the documentary, they showed um, they had this. I think it was in Miami. There was a, a like a art museum that was doing mm. like an exhibit based on his life and they wanted to borrow some of his clothes and they invited him as guest of honor and like all these people came and and cheered him on and you know told them how much that he meant to them and then you know he died a couple weeks later but it was beautiful that he got to celebrate his legacy and his life like that like that 
just was the most beautiful part that he got his identity back. But yeah, you know, so and I've I've never heard of a psychic getting scammed out of their name like that and their likeness. And oh yeah, it was, it was, it's hard to watch, especially because of what he meant to me as a kid. And a lot of people. Oh yeah, everybody. <laughs> you know, like he's a everybody's a boy like Walter. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's I I can't even I can't even imagine like what goes through someone's head when they do something like that. Well, you it's know? trust. You know, Walter was a very trusting person. No, know? I'm not like, saying him. I'm saying the person who did it. Like what goes through somebody's head when you do oh, something like that? The you know, was an like, opportunist. You know, and I think he just yeah. wanted more. He wanted everything. He wanted the car and the jewels and the jet and all of it. And wound up selling off so much of Walter's assets before Walter was able to get his name back. Yeah. You know, it's Man. crazy. It's not worth it. It's not worth the karma. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not worth it. But you know, you know what? The it has done nothing. It's done nothing to stop his legacy. His legacy is stronger than ever. Yeah. That's beautiful. So it's so heartwarming, you know, that he had a good resolution to that. Yeah. I hope they open up his house as a museum because you know I'll go. He had yeah. this gigantic <laughs> statue of Ganesh in his living room. It was beautiful. <laughs> you know. But as a witch watching that documentary, he didn't say it, but you're like, yo, Walter was a witch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way he talked, the decor of his house, the items that it were in the background of the scene, you could, I'm like, dude's a witch. I, that is witchcraft paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> And I say that with love because I own witchcraft paraphernalia too. <laughs> yeah, it's really not surprising. I mean, it's and it's not surprising that he wouldn't be open about it at that time either. You yeah. know, like that's just not very, it, it makes a ton of sense. For everybody, I highly suggest you watch Mucho Mucho Amor on Netflix, the documentary. It was beautiful. It was heartwarming. Lynn manuel was in it. Uh, it was good. It's worth it. <laughs> thank oh. you yeah well anyway guys thanks for coming in and hanging out with us and hearing all about the crazy controversy in the psychic community please don't think that this is universal throughout the entire industry because for all of these controversial people there are so many more people out there that their hearts are in the right place that they're trying to make the world a better place and they're trying to heal you know humanity as a collective you know yeah and those are the people you want to seek out because those are the people that are they're in it for the right reason so don't yeah. let these controversial people turn you off you know totally and be careful with who you work with just make sure you do your due diligence to find somebody who's right for you right but we want to thank you guys um i'm professional psychic medium athena silver if you'd like to have a reading with me, I do tarot, mediumship, and other services. My website is readingswithathenasilver.com. My Facebook is readingswithathenasilver. My Instagram is at athena.silver. And my TikTok is athena underscore silver. What about you, Anya? Where can they find you? So again, I don't have a website, but I promise I'm legit. <laughs> I am on. <laughs> you can make one. 
<laughs> I know, but I'm like, I'm just like a lazy Aquarius. I'm like, eh, yeah. it'll get, it'll get done one day, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not a full-time reader anyway, but I love doing readings. Um, and I have pretty good feedback. But anyway, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Anya River, A-N-J-A-R-I-V-E-R. And um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, definitely. We'll catch you guys uh, next Thursday on YouTube and on all major podcasting apps. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.